On today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be discussing the Florida Panthers 5-4 to four overtime loss on their second end of a back-to-back against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. We're going to discuss the Florida Panthers getting off to a two-goal lead chasing Matt Murray, but we have a whole bunch of questions, especially about the officiating in this one. We're going to discuss this next on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hey, welcome into this Wednesday, January 18th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of them today. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Lockdown NHL Prospects with Heidi Halakash. And don't forget to send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers YouTube channel and five-star rating and send it over to me at LO underscore FLA Panthers via DM or email it to me at Panthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Tampa Bay Lightning game on February 6th. So like I said at the top, the... Florida Panthers, second end of a back-to-back. No lineup changes. Sergey Bobrovsky is starting. And listen, this was this was a game that was always going to be a difficult task for the Florida Panthers. And, of course, a third straight game where the Florida Panthers against the Toronto Maple Leafs, this goes into overtime. It's crazy to think that the Florida Panthers, after everything last season of all the overtime games, that they've been the team that have played the least amount of overtime games for the Panthers. But... Get get off to multiple times a, a, a one one nothing, then a then a two one two one lead four two, and this one ends in overtime with the Florida Panthers losing five to four against the Toronto Maple Leafs and get a point out of this. And usually you're most times happy about getting a point in 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 a road game, but. Of course, we're going to save most of the officiating talk for this game in segment number two, where uh, where we're going to discuss more about this. But it felt like that this one was a little bit stolen, and this will be a great time for me to bring in my guest on the show, Jacob Winans. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, wish it was after a win, and it very well could have been and should have been. But um, like you said, I'm happy with the point at the end of the day and, and still a great chance for this to be a good road trip. Um, plus you were, you noticed off camera, but uh, can't complain too much with my, my sports the past couple of days. You see, I got the Cowboys jersey on. I think we might've just retired Tom Brady. So uh, it's not all bad for me over here. <laughs> Anytime Tom Brady loses, uh, it's definitely a good thing. I mean, you know, he was only in the same division as the football team that I root for, for like, 20 plus years so great uh great that uh that uh possibly it might be the end of the road for uh mr mr brady but honestly my gut feeling says that he's going to sign with the las vegas raiders that's my gut feeling to reunite with his uh 
offensive coordinator. But let's get into the hockey talk for for the, for this one. Second end of a back to back, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in prime position to be the the in second in the Atlantic Division. All listen, we're in January. There, we're already preparing for a rematch of the Lightning versus Leafs in round two. It, it, you, you look you look at this game just a few weeks ago and you're thinking oh second end of a back to back the panther w- with the start that the panthers were off to especially with how they ended um right before the christmas break where we even had an episode talking about how the panthers were in trouble at the time and 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 still the panthers get off to a a a lead multiple times three times actually in in this one and Anton Lindell performing so well again uh, had a big jump early, complimenting Alexander Barkov. Sam Bennett once again creating s- puck separating hits on the on the forecheck as well, re- resulting in in the fir- first goal of the game by Carver Hagee as well. And then um, Anton Lindell getting that shorthanded chance after Mitch Marner uh, loses the puck at the blue line as well. And Anton Lindell is there on the rebound chance after Barkoff uh, is um, shot is saved by Matt Murray. Uh, got, I gotta I gotta ask you what your thoughts on on Anton Lindell ever since these line shakeups have happened, even though his goal was on the penalty kill. Yeah, he's been really noticeable playing on Barkov's wing, and that's been kind of a, a black hole in the Panthers lineup this season with Anthony Duclair on the shelf so far. Is finding consistent production on Barkov's wing and Lundell and Barkov have really uh, gelled as, as far as that line goes. And it, it's helped Sam Reinhardt produce recently as well. Um, so I'm, I've been happy with it. Uh, it does hurt a little bit in the, the bottom six, having a, a bit of a lack of de- lack of depth in the bottom six, which is why I think you see Grigory Denisenko in the lineup trying to add some scoring punch to that third line uh, where Lundell is not there anymore. You have Listerinen, you have uh, Denisenko there. Uh, you're, you're trying to generate some offense on that line. I see, I see what they're, what they're going for. Um, with that said though, um, it, it's, yeah, I, I've loved Lundell with Barkov on his wing. I think it's great that Lundell is getting to play next to Barkov and, and really shadow him and learn uh, everything there is to learn in, in Barkov's game. Cause you know, we've been saying this since he got drafted. Lundell is really just a, a younger, um, kind of up and coming version of Barkov himself. It's almost like they took Barkov and, and made Lundell in, in, in a lab uh, from Barkov's DNA or something. He's, he's really just like Barkov. So uh, it's good that they're playing together. I don't know if it's a long-term solution. Um, mm-hmm. When, when Duclair's back in the lineup, if you want to put Duke right back into the, into the top six on Barkov's wing, I could see that happening and Lundell going back to the third line. I'd be fine with either scenario. Um, but but the way he's playing right now, it's hard to argue with the results. He he's playing fantastic hockey. Yeah, and and got to give credit where credit's due. I know we haven't really given too much credit to Paul Maurice, but get, getting this like a little jolt. And of course, when Denisenko came around last go round, averaging about a point per game down in Charlotte when he returned, and then now getting an opportunity in this lineup for possibly. Um, more more ice time and the so much so many goals in, in in this one for especially in the first period five of them which 
which even on on when the Panthers were on the penalty kill, they survived four uh, power play chances. Of course, give, um, giving uh, one one of the one of those up just on a on a uh, on a uh, rebound that Kerfoot was there to to tie the game on a on a shot by uh, Callie Yarncrook as well, and then the other the the first one just Mahara uh, just slightly slightly beat by former Panther Dryden Hunt. So well, so a former Panther. Uh, causing some damage uh for for them and and hey credit to but josh maher also bounced back just a a, a shot from radko goose that went off the end boards and maher just uh, uh not not necessarily a sharp angle but uh not not the best angle and then he beats matt murray and and the panthers even chased matt murray in, in this one and and eli samsonov a familiar opponent for the panthers uh, sa- saves uh, every single shot that he faced. Uh, l- let me check. Uh, let me check for to see exactly how many saves he had. Eleven out of eleven. But uh, the the Panthers really, when when they were surviving all the penalties that were called in the first period, I really felt that the Panthers were in prime position to at least escape this one in Toronto. Yeah, that's that's kind of what they ended up doing. I mean, you didn't get two points out of it, but they they did get a point. Um, you, you kind of ca- you can consider that really an escape, and and they set themselves up to finish this road trip with seven out of eight if they can get handle business in Montreal. So it's a, at the end of the day, objectively, it's a good spot to be in going into tonight. I think we'd all be relatively okay with one point. It's just unfortunate because they really deserve to. Um, the, the penalty kill was great and, and the shots on goal difference, the Panthers not really getting that many shots on goal. Um, it, it's misleading because typically when we've seen them with a low shot total, we're thinking, oh, the effort wasn't there or they were playing tired or they were turtling and not, not pressuring, not playing any offense. That's what we think of when we see that low shot total because that has happened at times this year. Tonight, it was just a matter of they were constantly killing penalties. You can't generate any offense killing penalties. Um, the guys had their ice time slashed. They weren't able to roll lines. Uh, the, the, the offensive zone time is not there when you're, when you're on the penalty kill nonstop. So that's really what the problem was. It, it wasn't a lack of effort. It wasn't a lack of energy. This is probably the, the, the most energy I've seen them play with on the second night of a back-to-back this season. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate the result they, they get away with tonight because they, they definitely deserve better and the effort was there for better, but, um, they're, they're trending upward. Uh, you gotta be honest. They, they are, they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. And, and the, the stretch of games coming up, it's, it's a really tough stretch. Some, some real playoff games coming up in the next few weeks, another back to back next week that we're going to talk about. I'm sure that that's going to be, uh, uh, pretty decisive for, for where the Panthers end up heading into all-star break. So, they just need to keep playing the same way. The, the, the officiating can't possibly be this bad consistently. It, it, it's the refs have the refs can have a bad game too, and and that I guess that'll kind of transition us into segment two. But you know, um, it, it's the, the result was not what they deserved tonight, but the 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 play on the ice is encouraging. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's a that's a perfect way to seg- um, segue to segment number two, where we're actually gonna talk about the officiating something that we rarely do on uh this podcast on this edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and bet online is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis got all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football college bowl season basketball 
and hockey. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find these at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Segment number two here on this Wine and Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs by final score of five to four in overtime. This is this is a rarity for both of us, Jacob, that we are likely going to spend a good amount of time just talking about just the officiating for for this one. And listen, uh, for for those who might not know, I am also a sports official as well. And yes, we are human beings. And, but this was, and we all have bad, bad nights sometimes when we arrive on the field or on the ice. And this was one of those for the, this game between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Of course, there was a, there's some that were warranted. The the penalty shot that William Needlander had, yes, that was a clear penalty shot in the third period. Um, and but the I, I thought that the that the hook that Ryan Lomberg had was a little soft, and I felt like also Radko Gudis had a little bit of a target on his on his back uh, today. Of course, he has an unsportsmanlike conduct early in the first period. That was one of the ones that we were talking about the the Panthers surviving that first period despite even having a lead uh, it, um, after period one. But I felt like Radko Gudis had a target on his back because I thought that was goalie interference on Toronto. And he goes to the box for unsport. It's just such a big swing there. And then, of course, the, the charging call on Aston Reese where he has a hip check on uh, Pierre Ingvall. Aston, Zach as Aston Reese goes after him. And then just minutes later, it's not. I, I don't think it's even five minutes later, uh, that, that charging call that, that happened late in the – second period that I believe that resulted in the Austin Matthews uh, power play power play goal. Yes, it, it, did. Did. it did. So I felt like Brutus really had a target on his back tonight. Yeah, so when, when discussing Brutus, the first thing I want to bring up is that Zach Aston Reese play, uh, which is not it's not a play. It's, it's Zach Aston Reese dropping his gloves on a guy who does not have his gloves dropped and is clearly not trying to engage in a fight and throwing a full-force right hand, bare knuckle, at Radko Gudis's face, and Gudis doesn't have the gloves on, and thank God he ducks because he's just coming back from a concussion, and that clearly would have done some major damage. The refs don't get that in check at all. And then Radko Gudis gets punished for a clean hit. A clean hit. It could not be any more clean uh, right in the crease um, to – to eliminate a scoring chance and somehow gets called for charging. You can watch that replay over any angle you want. He does not stride into that, into that hit. It's not predatory. It is shoulder on shoulder. It's stick on stick. He glides into it. It is textbook. It's a perfectly clean hit. And I think they just called it charging because of just how big of a hit it was. It was he, he basically gets a penalty for hitting too hard. The net goes flying off its moorings. And it, of course it looks like a car crash out there. So the refs are going to say, Hey, we're putting you in the box for it because it looks bad. You can't officiate that way. It, it's really, it's really rough. And I, I try, I really do genuinely try not to blame the refs. The, the Panthers have, have dug themselves into this hole for the most part this year. They've done it to themselves. A lot of it's been self-inflicted and we don't hesitate to call the Panthers out on that when they, when they play badly, we don't hesitate to credit them when they play well, 
and the same has to go for the refs. Tonight was a really, really rough night for for the for the referees. Um, it, it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, as a as a longtime athlete myself, it it's very easy to get frustrated with officials and and want to take it out on them. A lot of times that's not justified, and, and refs take a lot of criticism that they don't necessarily deserve because they can't be perfect and they're expected to be. But tonight was just out of the ordinary bad. Um, and there, there were a couple of things um, it, to, to provide some context on this that concerned me a little bit. Um, Paul Maurice's post-game comments, he, he indicates that the, the two referees tonight have had some sort of longstanding personal issue with him. Um, there, was, there was a statement made that, that the refs told the players to shut up and play, uh, basically essentially telling them deal with it because they have an issue with the coach. That's obviously going to become a his word versus our word type of deal. You don't expect anything to come out of that, of course. It's not the first time this has happened with the Panthers. We remember Keith Yandel saying that he overheard a ref saying, we're going to call a penalty on number eight early. That was Jay Sauerleck at the time. They had predetermined that they were going to call a penalty on him, and that was a game where the Carolina Hurricanes got almost 10 power plays, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was a ridiculous number. So if there's if the refs have personal vendettas or whatever on the ice, that can't. There's got to be something done about that. That's not an accusation. That's just me repeating what was said by Coach Paul Maurice, and I'm sure he'll be fine for it. Um, so while on the topic of the of the official situation, I do want to mention this, and we were talking about this uh, before before going on. Uh, Dave Jackson from ESPN. He's a former. NHL ref, and he's now the ESPN NHL rules analyst. Um, Dave Jackson is extremely responsive on Twitter. Uh, he, he replies to fans. He replies to media. He's fantastic. Um, after the game, I did I, I did tweet to him, and you can check this out on my Twitter handle, at Jacob Winans 8 if you want to go look at it. Um, I did tweet to him and just ask him for some context on some of those key calls. Um, I'll briefly share what he said. Uh, again, you guys can all go read this yourself if you'd like. He said he, he felt that the Lomberg hooking penalty was a good call because uh, Lomberg made contact with the Maple Leafs skater's hand. Um, he felt that the icing late in the game was a good call. Uh, it's a judgment call. The line the linesman has to make that call at the dot. So I guess we won't complain too much on that. The one that he did say was a referee mistake, and Dave Jackson, again, is not hesitant at all to say when the referees make a mistake because he, he was one himself, and he, he did say that he's made plenty of mistakes in his career. Uh, the one he said that was a mistake was that Gudis hit uh, that was called a charge. He, he said he feels the referee mis made the wrong call there, and that did result in the goal, and that really did turn the tide of the game. Uh, that, that goal was a game changer. That was Austin Matthews' power play goal with one second left in the period, it's a whole different game if that doesn't go in. So that's, that's really all there. They're even, it, it's, there's not really much else I can say when, when a, a former NHL ref and the ESPN rules analyst is saying it was a blown call. So we just have to take it on the chin and move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not the, that's not another one that stuck out to me as well. When, uh, when Sam Bennett was uh, called for high stick on John Tavares, but then, then Sam Bennett was slashed as well, and then that wasn't called as well. That was uh, at 5:34 of the third period uh, of the second period, just shortly after the Panthers uh, chased uh, Matt Murray in, in that one as well. But also, uh, also, it, it feels like the the Panthers 
when, when you like you said earlier, they they the shot on goal differential will say, uh, uh, uh will will say, uh, thirty seven to nineteen. But the rest followed their whistle in the third period, and and it, it just go, proves to show that there is ability to to for that to happen. But also, I think it also has to do with the players. They they dealt with two periods of being shorthanded uh, uh, seven times in that two two period stretch. I felt like as if the Panthers felt like that they had to like kind of walk on eggshells going into that third period. I mean, yeah, they only had four shots on goal. There are plenty of good chances. A few times they did, but I felt like that affected them going into the third period as well. Even though very early on, William Nylander had a had a penalty shot, which Gus Forsling might have uh, uh, saved saved the goal on, on that one, and the and just the, the the tilting of the ice. The the Panthers were like you said, they weren't able to uh, really get the offensive zone time because of that. And Bob, Sergey Bobrovsky, you see five goals let up. Uh, I, I so many times where where Bob was just had. Three opportunity, three shot attempts in one sequence, and he was just coming out big in this one. And it feels, and I, and I feel for for Bobrovsky on a night like this. I do too, because it's another situation where the stats don't don't reflect the way he played, and he's been fantastic of late. Uh, he he really has played some great hockey lately, um, which the Panthers have needed because Spencer Knight has been dealing with some sort of injury. He's now on IR, and before he went on IR, he didn't really look like himself. Uh, so they needed someone to step up and take the reins in that goal crease, and and Bob has done that. Um, with with that said, um, it, it's it's very unfortunate that he didn't get the result that that he deserved tonight. Uh, he he played a great game, uh, a lot better than than uh, Matt Murray did, and up until he was chased, um, I mean, he was he was the the best goalie on the ice, and it's unfortunate that it came down to that um, with with the amount of penalties that they had to kill. He was in, in high pressure situations the whole game really, really stood up to, to those challenges. Um, and yeah, the, the, the last two goals that, that go in against him prior to overtime are, it's really, there's really nothing he can do about it. I mean, the, the Austin Matthews goal, um, Bob is positioned well, he gets, he gets a little too deep, knocks the net off its moorings, and that throws him off a couple inches to the point where he can't cover that top corner. Perfectly placed shot by Matthews, but that should not have ever happened because there was no penalty before that. Uh, same with the icing late in the game. Uh, it goes in off a crazy bounce off, off William Nylander. Uh, I believe it was Nylander. It may have been Mitch Marner, one of the two of them right in front of the net. Uh, I believe it was Nylander. A, a, a really fluky bounce off of him, but that was right after an icing that shouldn't have been called. So it's, it's unfortunate for Bob. He played great. He's been playing great. Um, I don't know where he is physically, if he can handle another start without, without a night off, but um, hopefully the Panthers can handle business against Montreal defensively and give him a light workload that night. If he is, uh, if he is between the pipes for that game, because he's, he is on a roll right now. And I hope this game doesn't discourage him in any way because he played a fantastic game. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, like you said, the last uh, few few goals with Matthews on the power play, and then a knee lander right in front off Mitch Marner's uh, shot, and uh, Mitch Marner, quite, even after that turnover in the blue line, he commits a penalty uh, shortly after. So there, there are times where Mitch Marner was just uh, uh, make, uh, 
making a lot of mistakes that was helping uh, the Panthers. And I, I, I just noticed that so many times that when the when the lights get brightest, uh, Mitch Marner uh, sometimes uh, it sometimes crumbles uh, there as well. But even though he that was uh, that was his thirty eighth assist of the season on on the on that uh, goal by Nylander. and then of course the overtime winner, Nylander just skating through the defense, and then at that point the there the uh Carter Perhage right there was just flat out beat and of course uh Sergey Bobrovsky can only only do so much just on, on his uh stomach on, on on that one um but uh Panthers drop this one 5 to 4 uh get a point felt like it should have been two but there's a way to salvage uh this road trip for the Florida Panthers as they're hoping to get five out of six points in this one and that's actually that's actually a good way to transition to segment number three where we can preview uh this game between the florida panthers and the montreal canadians to wrap up this three-game atlantic division road trip so stick with us here on the locked on florida panthers podcast third and final segment here on this wednesday january 18th edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast i got jacob winans here where the Florida Panthers lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a final score of five to four in overtime, getting a point out of this. So now three out of four points in their last few games. Still don't have a three-game winning streak for for the Panthers. But Jacob, uh, Montreal beat Winnipeg tonight, and Winnipeg is the be- had the best record in the Western Conference going into uh, into uh, tonight. So. No, no guarantees that this is a, a win for the Florida Panthers, but when you think about like that last game that the Panthers played the Canadians, I mean, it was just the very first game out of the Christmas break, and just think about the jolt that the that the Panthers had went right when they when they came back because what happened during that? The Panthers got their reinforcements back. Alexander Barkov in his first game coming back from uh, from uh, his uh, illness and Radko Gudis as as well, and look what happens. Uh, Barkov scores a, a hat trick uh, in in the first period as well. So just a little bit of a of a of an encouraging sign coming out of the break, even though the the Panthers would uh, lose two straight after that. But af- after those two straight losses, uh, the, this is that's where the Panthers really started making a little bit of a run, not dropping two points. Uh, as often as as they were early in the season, uh, that 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 to me felt kind of like a tone setter at the time for the Panthers. Yeah, and uh, the the Panthers are still trying to to really learn how to lock down games when they're in the lead. Um, but against a team like Montreal, you don't want to have to to worry too much uh, as you get later in the game. You want to put that game out of reach early against an inferior opponent. Um, Barkov made sure of that last time they met up with the first period hat trick. Um, the, the Panthers, uh, I believe, put up a touchdown with the extra point. Um, unlike yes, the Cowboys, yes. yep. <laughs> unlike the Cowboys, Brett Maher couldn't get an extra point to save his life. Uh, but uh, the, yeah, the, the Panthers really um, took it to, took it to the, the Canadians from the very beginning. You want to see that same thing. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as easy uh, Montreal is a notoriously difficult building to play in. That crowd is absolutely insane. Um, it, it's not going to be a cakewalk in there. Um, Winnipeg is is a really good team, and Montreal beat them. The, the Canadians uh, do have some some really skilled players on that team. 
they've had some issues with goaltending. They've had some issues defensively, but they can score, especially at the top of their lineup. And and they're not going to be a team that's just going to roll over and take a loss uh, without without putting up a, a fight. The Panthers have to dominate special teams again. Uh, have to be better between the pipes than the than the Canadians. And and at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to when you play a team that's inferior below you in the standings, you have to just take those two points. You have to beat up on teams like that, and it's a good chance for the Panthers to do so. Um, I, I did notice their game tonight against Winnipeg. It was a couple of former Panthers that really did the damage for the Canadians. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov got uh, two goals, I believe, and Mike Hoffman got himself on the score sheet with one as well. So uh, it, was, it was some former Cats doing the damage for Montreal tonight, and we will definitely look to keep them in check uh, when, when they meet up on Thursday. Yeah, and also seeing that Sam Montembeau has uh, started uh... – Th- uh, three straight games for the Canadians as well, That's even though J- Jake Allen has has been um, uh, been viewed as the guy who is is going to be a, a start. Well, right now they have an emergency uh, loan uh, from uh, from their AHL affiliate in Laval, so it, I, I believe uh, maybe Jake Allen might be injured right now for the Montreal Canadiens right now. So. Uh, they do have an emergency call-up on their roster, so maybe that's why uh, Jake Allen, excuse me, Sam Montebo, former Panther uh, Sam Montebo, is uh, is uh, be- between the pipes, and he started a back-to-back as well uh, between the Islanders and the Rangers on the road too, and they're they're winning, they've got they've won two straight, but even. Even though the Panthers did put up a touchdown and an extra point, the the two goals that they gave up to the the Panthers, uh, excuse me, the two goals that the Panthers gave it to the Habs, both came on the power play. One of them was uh, just a, from what I, if memory serves me right, just as the power play ended uh, up from uh, Arbor Jack guy, uh, aka Wi-Fi, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and listen, uh, the league's worst power player one of them and for the panthers the penalty kill has you you might see two for seven for the maple leafs on the power play today and you saw one for five for the canucks just last saturday but i've seen spurts here and there about how the penalty kill has been better about how they're forcing to the perimeter and one also important thing for the Panthers is that they're 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 starting to get their faceoff wins uh, as as well um, when when they're in their own end, and that's really helping a lot for the Panthers in their penalty kill lately. And the the numbers might say one thing, but when you when you look at when when you look at a night like uh, Tuesday night against Toronto, I'm not too upset really about kind of the of the direction we've seen out of the penalty kill in the last few games. Yeah. I've noticed two things that have really made it, that have really made it more of a, of a successful, uh, more of a successful unit. Um, one, one is like you said, the face-off wins have, have definitely improved, which is important because when you win that first draw, you can essentially kill 20 to 30 seconds right off the bat, just by clearing it and forcing the other team to have to break into the zone. Uh, from their own end instead of already being set up. So that's huge, winning that first draw. Um, the, the next thing that I've noticed is heightened aggressiveness. Um, 
part of what's really plagued the Panthers penalty kill is they just sit back in a box, don't really move their feet, and you, you give up a lot of shots that way. Lately, I've noticed that they're pressuring shooters, they're diving to block shots, and, and that has made a difference. Um, heightened aggressiveness, getting out on, on, on the puck carrier, forcing them to make a really quick decision. These are professional hockey players that have that their, their, their speed in processing the game is so much faster than even us watching on TV. So they're, if you give them time and space, they're going to find the right play to make. You can't allow that time and space. And the Panthers have really been pressuring puck carriers and they're diving to block shots now. Uh, it, it's, it's heightened aggressiveness and it's definitely uh, worked in their favor. And, and it even resulted in a shorthanded goal, uh, which we haven't, which we hadn't really seen. So um, I've been impressed with the penalty kill and, and a game against a team like Montreal, who has a, a really low ranking power play. It could be a really good time to, to, to put up a goose egg on the, on the, on the board and, and keep a, a power play off the score sheet entirely. Uh, they do have to work on staying out of the box. I can't really fault them too much tonight for that because it it was really, I mean, anyone with eyes saw that they were playing a pretty clean game and, and, and kind of got hosed. But um, for the most part, they, they have to just stay, continue to stay disciplined, stay out of the box. And I, I feel confident with them killing two to four penalties a night uh, the way they're playing. I, I really I really feel like that that's the standard they're setting with, with the way they've been playing. Um, so yeah, that, that, that game against Montreal, it's a big one because it, it's the difference between successful and a, and a average road trip. And you, and you want to have success on that tonight's game against Toronto. While we did not get two points, it almost ends up breaking even for us, which is all you can really ask for because Buffalo was playing Chicago, Detroit was playing Arizona. You think we're going to lose ground with those games. Both teams lost in shootouts. So, um, it, it it ends up not really damaging the Panthers in any way. They, everything is still in front of them. Yeah, we were talking about before uh, recording that we both saw the last uh, few minutes of Ducks Penguins and just how the Penguins had an opportunity to um, excuse me, the Ducks had an opportunity to win, and uh, John Gibson was great in that one. So, but of, of course, the Panthers do have to take care of this business. And going back to the penalty kill, um, I guess this is what we're really starting to see as far as. Uh, process uh for for the panthers on the penalty kill even though the results aren't there and and we've seen it also with the goal scoring as well and how the panthers weren't getting that timely scoring and sometimes now it and i I guess we can give some credit to the expected goals uh, model here about the process when it comes to to uh to to the panthers scoring and of course uh being better with killing off penalties and i and hopefully for the panthers sake uh that's the the numbers will catch up to to how we're seeing how they're how they're pinning them to the boards and of course forcing them to the perimeter uh as well that we can see more games where it's just a hundred percent on the penalty goal even though they did do it on monday hey so we so that one of the best games that the panthers uh played definitely on monday but jacob I want to say thank you once again for joining me on this Widens Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you as always, even though it came with an L today. Still a chance for the Panthers to get five out of six points on this with a win on Thursday night. So tell everybody where they can find you online. Definitely. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Winans 8 Um while you're there, definitely encourage everyone to give that uh, little thread with Dave Jackson a quick read. He gives great insight on on uh, 
the mind of an NHL official and really explain some of those calls. So if you happen to stumble across that, definitely give that a read. Give Dave Jackson a follow. He's fantastic. Uh, and real quick, another before we got on, but I did want to uh, throw this out there as well. I had a really cool interaction with one of our, our listeners today. I did not get his Twitter handle, but he goes by Miami fan in Tampa on Bleacher Report. Had some really uh, awesome words for for us in the show. So I want to shout him out and thank him for listening. Uh, I know it's not easy being a Miami fan over in Tampa. So I appreciate that as well. Awesome. Uh, and, and, and thank you. Uh, thank you, Miami fan in Tampa for listening. Of course, every single one of you as well who take the time out of your day to listen to just two guys just ran, ramble on. Uh, r- ramble about hockey and and just ha- and and have fun with it too. So, uh, th- thank you guys for listening and thank you, Jacob. And I'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL. Locked on fantasy hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Rodden and Locked on NHL prospects with Heidi Halakash. Thank you for making the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked on Sports Today. Peter Bukowski spends 20 minutes Monday through Friday discussing the entirety of the sports scene with some exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Make sure to listen to Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, with your team every day. <laughs>